Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. This is episode 61. Today is Thursday, July 20th. I'm meteorologist Jeff Orgeron, joined by Camilla Ortiz. Hey Camilla. Hello Jeff. Chief meteorologist Mark Nelson. Hey Mark. Right here in the closet. And a new face. Oh. That's right. I'm sorry. I don't even know. No, we're keeping I'm sorry. that. No. Carry on. Okay. I'm in the closet here where we have all the umbrellas. Sorry. Continue. And we're joined by a new face to the podcast. Uh, this is Chief Meteorologist Melissa Fry from Alaska's News Source. Hey, Melissa. Hello. Good to be with you guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we thought it'd be fun to have Melissa on the podcast. Uh, she works at our sister station up in Anchorage, Alaska, which is really cool. Um, and we have a lot yeah. to ask her and talk to her about. Um, so before we get into, you know, talking about Melissa and all things Alaska weather, uh, why don't we talk about our forecast and how things have been going this July? By the way, it's nice to have you back, Mark. I know you were on vacation last week. Um, how was that? Where were you? Barely What's working that? over here. What does that look? Come on, Camilla. It's, I work hard all winter long, and I've worked, I think, three days this week. All right. Yeah. Wow. Three days. All right. Oh, wait. I worked last weekend because somebody was off, too. Oh. oh. We're going to need oh. counseling, folks. No, um, everything's good. I, my vacation went to southern Canada, and um, we're back now, and the weather is pretty pleasant. You, you want the rundown? Because I actually have, uh, uh, like, like, bullet points for the weather coming up, ready to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mark, you, you've been off, and I think well, we need you to go into overdrive now. We need Mark yeah, Nelson. Full Pick speed. up the slack, so, Mark. Let's go. Yesterday, we were 96, a little too hot. Yeah, okay, 96 degrees. Not a record, of course. Records are around 100 or so this time of the year. Uh, that big hot ridge of high pressure is back east. Not back east. I mean, in the western USA, kind of western central, we're on the edge of it. So that's why it briefly got hot. It got a little bit closer to us. Now it has moved away. We had some onshore flow, so a little cooler today. Temperature's running about 10 degrees cooler at uh, 3 p.m. when we're recording this compared to yesterday, so that's good. I think we're back in the 80s. Uh, big picture, next 10 days, probably no rain unless we get a shower out of a little passing trough next Monday or Tuesday. All right. Uh, no heat wave. I think that's a biggie. Remember last July, the last week of July? Huge heat wave, historic. That's not going to happen. Uh, in fact, we have near to below average 500 millibar temps next week. So um, I think it's going to be really pleasant until further notice. Um, you know what? Breaking news here. I think the uh, GFS, the GFS numbers look better than the euros for next week. Ooh. I don't Please elaborate. Do that. Okay. What do you mean Ooh. just better? Uh, they're just a little cooler. They have some upper 70s Monday and Tuesday. I think that's more okay. likely. Euros nice. still running a little bit warmer. I mean, we're talking at small technicality, but Pause. you know how I get it. Pause. Melissa. <laughs> yep. Um, for, for reference, because Melissa's new to the podcast, Mark yeah. is a Euro homer, as we like to say. He yeah. is. He, he loves that Euro. Loves it. I don't know why. I, it's okay, though. And today, he, he's backing off a little bit. It, he's it's, the number one global model. But once in a while, you know, you can't hit a home run every time. And so the Euro once in a while has to come down to earth and not do quite as well. Okay. I know, Melissa, this is a weird, weird podcast you stumbled into. But uh, yeah. So anyway, so we, I think we have pleasant weather next week and no heat wave yeah. and pretty, pretty good stuff. So I'm pretty happy. Yeah. And it's, it's nice to get some relief, right? Uh, I, our, our favorite tool, x Mesis. I, I tapped into that this oh. morning, friends, oh. and I punched in the numbers. And through the first 19 days of July, this is the third warmest July on record in Portland. Oh. Um, 
and it, it, it's all linked to just this sprawling high pressure system, this huge ridge heat dome, um, however, a large ridge of high pressure. There's a lot of names that you can use for the ridge that's essentially centered over the Southwest. You've heard about the extreme heat going on in areas like Palm Springs, Death Valley, you know, Las Vegas, Phoenix, et cetera, et cetera, extending off to the east, in fact. Um, many days in a row at and above 110 in Phoenix. I know a couple days ago they had their hottest day on record when you combine the high and low together. Their overnight low a couple nights ago was 97, and their daytime high was oh. 119. Actually, yeah, that was, that was yesterday, officially. So, um, and well. so it has not only been an extreme heat ridge, but also just a slow-moving one that has brought, brought long-duration heat to many cities. Um, and we've kind of been on the edge of it, and we will continue to kind of be on the edge of that system. Um, so that's kind of locally what we're looking at. Uh, no extreme heat nor any heat waves coming our way. But, you know, we kind of wanted to switch subject, subjects here because uh, we don't usually have a meteorologist outside of the lower 48 on the podcast. Um, so, Melissa, how, how, is, how has uh, the weather been so far this summer up in Anchorage? Well, it's so funny to hear you say we're not going to see extreme heat or heat wave, even though temperatures are still like crazy compared to uh, our standards right. here. So here's the thing about Alaskans. They can endure pretty much any type of weather, extreme wind, dangerous wind chill, you know, feet of snow uh, doesn't phase them. But a cool, wet summer, they're done. <laughs> can't handle it. And so it's been rough. It has been rough. We have had the most number of rainy days since the start of summer, June 1st, that we've oh. ever recorded. Not the most amount of rain, but the most amount of rainy days. It's just been cool and cloudy and wet. Oh, like, no. like Portland and when we have a cool, wet May, right? Yes. Kind of like that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, but the rest of the state is getting the influences of that high pressure that's over Western Canada and down across you guys kind of sneaks up over into interior Alaska. And so their temperatures are in the seventies and eighties. They're seeing record heat all the way up to the slope. Uh, but here <laughs> along the coast in South central, yeah, it's just, we're just on a storm train. We're just stuck in that trough, that low pressure, just sitting there in the Northern Pacific. And it's just nonstop. Wow. Yeah, the the um we sit there and we talk <laughs> we talk about the we talk about this Goldilocks zone that we can often fall into, Melissa, where we have that heat dome to our southeast and then the cooler system over the Gulf of Alaska. And I think that system that's just been kind of lingering <laughs> up over the Gulf of Alaska, is that the one that's been keeping you wet? Is that the one? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And okay. it kind of just since we moved into July, you know, it's wobbling more. So it'll dip far enough to the south that we'll get a little ridging up over the top. Um, and so the longest stretch we've had without measurable precip is three days. Wow, oh, man. Yeah, it's been rough. Oh. <laughs> but this, you can send, you know, like good thoughts and prayers for lasting. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. <laughs> but... And Melissa, you know, uh, and you know what it's like to have a warm, dry summer because you are from here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of, I think Oregonians feel that way too, that you kind of like you make it through the winter because the summers are so amazing yes. and summers right. are so amazing here, just like they are in Portland and throughout Western Oregon. I mean, it's just like the best kept secret that you don't okay, want to tell them. That's what I was going to ask. So what does a typical summer look like where you are? Yeah. So our wettest months are August and September. So that is when the rain kicks in. 
but hmm. we start our dry season April and that continues all the way through mid July. High temperatures in the mid sixties is average. Um, we average, I think it's like close to 20, 70 degree days a year, but 70 feels hotter here because it is super dry uh, and it just, the sun intensity Yeah, uh, because of all the daylight, the temperatures don't really drop overnight much. Mm, oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's that's cool. interesting. Yeah. Oh. But this year, and also like forecasting in Portland, you know, summer's just pretty easy because you don't have that constant storm train. Uh, but that has not been the case because if you're trying to forecast, you know, like the occasional shower or when the drizzle is going to move in, it's difficult here. It can come from anywhere. So pretty much in Western Oregon, things move West to East. Like you're watching what's coming off the coast. You yeah. Know, more or less. Um, you know how things are going to behave over the coast range, how the gorge is going to influence things. Right. Here we've got oceans on three sides. We have mountain ranges all over mm -hmm. and it can just come from anywhere at any time. So wow yeah. so <laughs> you have you have forecasted in eugene right before actually did we go over your history wait we didn't do that yet. yeah yeah well, let's do that yeah. first oh, yeah, let, where, you're from I, here right yeah yeah so born and raised in beaverton go low warriors just yeah. down the road from kptv um my husband's from there as well so we, both our parents still live in the houses we grew up in and most of our family and friends are still there and then and you then, you did TV in, in Eugene, right? Yes, yeah, so I went to Spokane for college, journalism communications there. And then I went to Corvallis, Oregon State, got a master's in atmospheric science there. And then right after that, popped down to Eugene, was there for close to 10 years and thought I would never leave Oregon. Um, but we got this opportunity to come to Alaska and we thought it was crazy and never in a million years would I have thought I would live in Alaska. But we're like, you know what? Like it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Let's just like right. go for it. The kids were really young and we've been here. This is our eighth summer and I can't it, believe it. You've been there eight years. It seems like about three. I know. That's what I feel like. I, we still feel like tourists here. We're still, yeah, exploring and yeah. Okay. On that oh. subject, um, from, from like a lot of people's perspective, the idea of moving to Alaska seems kind of, kind of crazy, you know, like extreme. For yeah, sure. extreme. Yeah, because uh, I've never been to Alaska. Of course, I've talked to you several times now, and I understand that life is normal and fun, and there's a lot going on up there. But you know, talk about that process, like the you know the approach to your move, like the le days leading up to it, and then finally moving. Was was it really dramatic? Did you was it a big life change? Like what what was it like? Did you yeah, drive? I think we no. had been. <laughs> yeah, we had been. We really thought about it for close to a year. So the opportunity presented itself and we were like, no way, that's crazy. And they just kept working on us for this job opportunity up here. And then we finally got to come visit. And so we, when we made the decision, we felt really good about it because we had really processed it for a long time. Um, and it just felt like the right time. It just felt like a fun, you know, opportunity. We had never really left Oregon. Um, but the move was crazy <laughs> because you have to ship everything. So we got rid of most of our stuff. It was the middle of winter when we moved here. Um, wow. <laughs> packed up our so little, cold. Yeah, so cold. We packed up our little Ford Explorer as much as we could. Um, and Eugene drove it to Tacoma, put it on a ship. And so then that wow. was coming 
there. And then we packed up six suitcases, like everything we could take on the airplane. And we have two little kids. At that point, I had a two-year-old and a five-year-old. And yeah, we got here. We we're like, whoa, <laughs> what did we just do? <laughs> it's been great. I mean, Anchorage, they call it like the biggest village of Alaska. And it's just a great community and good place to live. And so, um, Mark, you can go ahead and then I'll follow up on oh, a question. Oh, I was just going to say, so it's kind of like when you move to, people move to Hawaii, they have to put everything on a, on a, on a ship or, you know, like the car. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a big deal. It's, I didn't think of the details of like, oh yeah, you're not just driving there. Like you would drive a car to Ohio or Minnesota. So yeah, pretty tricky. Um, and then I, I got one more question for you. So I've heard, and I think maybe you might've said something about this, that it actually feels sunnier up there in the winter than here in Oregon. Did you say that? Or did I hear that from somewhere yes. else? Yeah. Yeah. Because in, in the winter, the way the weather patterns work, it's either snowing or it's crystal clear. Oh, I love that. More similar to like maybe Spokane or Bend um, oh. in that way. So yeah, it's like crystal clear blue sky, like bluer. I always say like, how is the sky so blue here? Cause it's just so clean and clear. Uh, but then that pristine white snow and I love the winter. I've really grown. I've always loved snow in Oregon. You know, it's like such an exciting thing when you get a chance for snow. Um, but I still get giddy like a little kid every time <laughs> we get snow. That's yeah. so cool. Um, Melissa, you and I met originally at the AMS, the American Meteorological Society's conference um, out in Milwaukee. And we were kind of talking a little bit and I remember you know, we are station scientists, so we don't just cover, you know, weather. There are oftentimes that we cover other things. Like, for instance, yesterday we had a paper mill fire up in Longview, and that was oh, sending wow. smoke into the metro area. So we were covering that. Um, but you you cover some pretty extreme stuff on the, you know, geologic spectrum, essentially, or geological spectrum, I guess you could say. Um, talk about what it's like to cover earthquakes and things of that nature up in Alaska, because you've, and maybe describe one of the more extreme, some of the more extreme events that you've covered up there. Yeah. I mean, just this week we've had, we had a magnitude 7.2 earthquake that happened Saturday at 11 PM out in the Aleutians that triggers a tsunami warning. Um, so that's a pretty, I mean, I wouldn't say a common occurrence, but you know, a couple times a year that happens. And so now I am trained to know that anytime my phone's going to go off and I'm going to have to go into go mode. Uh, so severe weather in a different way than like, you know, tornadoes or whatever, uh, but just pops up out of nowhere. Um, and then we have two volcanoes that are currently actively erupting right now, uh, putting up lava and ash. So we cover oh. that and the advisories for pilots and you know, just air quality and ash alerts and all of that. So yeah, I've learned a ton about that stuff since I've been here. Um, I was really thankful at Oregon State, they have a big tsunami research program there. Mm -hmm. So I did get to learn quite a bit while I was there. Um, I was on air in Eugene during the 2011 uh, earthquake and tsunami from Japan. Mm. And I had no idea what that experience would help me now, but um yeah just understanding the impacts and how serious those things are um i take them very seriously and it's tough because with tsunami warnings 
people are scared. You know, they don't know how bad it's going to be because it could be nothing or it could be catastrophic. And you don't know, like it takes some while, you know, before we really know that information. And so that, um, of course, my like heart just beats out of my chest when those earthquakes happen uh, because of what happened to Japan in 2011. Like we know the impacts and they know the impacts here too um, because they had the second biggest earthquake in the world. Um, so yeah, that's the more yeah. uh, serious side of the job. And um, we, yeah, we're just always looking at tsunami and earthquakes and then volcanoes too. I haven't experienced any like major eruptions that have impacted communities. They've been pretty remote, um, but we know that that's always a potential. We have volcanoes, you know, right close here. Like you guys have St. Helens um, that at any time could erupt like that. The biggest uh, event that I had was our 2018 magnitude 7.1 earthquake. And uh, it was scary and intense. We were on air for like, I don't know, 16 hours straight. Um, but the community came together and it was cool to see how they handled that. And Man. Yeah. <laughs> it, having, having water around, you said there are, how did you describe it? Um, three sides of Anchorage are surrounded by water. Is that correct? Yeah, well, so Alaska, you know, has three ocean, like the Pacific mm. Ocean, the Arctic, and the Bering Sea. Uh, but Anchorage, we have an inlet that comes up and separates us. So uh, Anchorage is like a triangle where one side is mountains and the other two sides are water. Man, that is just, I mean, talk about a unique setting. And there's reason to take these tsunami warnings and earthquakes very seriously because it's such a vulnerable community, it sounds like. And I imagine a lot of the population lives close to the water. Yeah. Yeah. And we're still learning. Like in Oregon, I think the tsunami um, research and understanding has come so far, even in the past like decade or two, right. um, in terms of like, what do you do in a tsunami warning? Where do you go? Where are those evacuation zones? I think most people are pretty comfortable with that. We are still getting mapping for communities in Alaska. And because the population is so much lower, the federal funding is so much lower. And so <clears throat> it just takes more effort by the scientists here to do that research. Uh, and then once they get that information, we get the tsunami signs and the warnings and the evacuation zones. But uh, that's still happening. There are still communities that are very much a, a tsunami risk that don't really know. Wow. You know, right. Going. And you do weather for most of the state, right? Am I correct? And you're also at least temporarily doing weather for, we have a, a our company, Gray Corporation, uh, we're the same company. Um, they also have a station in Fairbanks, right? So you're doing weather for that station? That's kind of a satellite yeah, station or what's we, the setup there? We So technically Alaska is three television markets, but we uh, own the stations in Juneau. That's a separate market. Mm -hmm. So they just, they just air all of our stuff. It's all the same now. Um, so we are viewed everywhere in the state of Alaska, except for basically the metro area of Fairbanks. They have their own station, um, but we're doing weather for them currently. Yeah. So if you're in Alaska, so, you can get our forecast. <laughs> and if you're looking for a job, you're looking for somebody yes. to do weather in Fairbanks, right? Do they, would the person live in Fairbanks? Is that right? Well, we have an opening right here in Anchorage for a weekend meteorologist. And then we also have an opening oh. for Maine. Uh, evening meteorologist in Fairbanks. So there's two opportunities. So we need oh, two yeah. folks to step up. I, before we finish this podcast, we're going to need two folks <laughs> to step up, stand up and say, I want to be a part of Alaska's news 
open now, up the phone line. Alaska smokes. News. What was it? Again? <laughs> Alaska. Yeah. News source. Yeah. News Caller source. Number one. Yeah. 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 What are your qualifications? Oh, and by the way, Melissa, our uh, one of our directors here, Stephen, wants to say hello. Knows you from Eugene. Yep. Yeah. I saw him back there. Yeah. To go shush him. Come here. Get in here, Stephen. This is a family show. Get in here. You're like a virtual hug. Yeah. She's giving you a virtual hug. She said. (laughs) That's awesome. Stephen's a nice guy. Yeah, we love Stephen. He buys my chicken eggs. Oh, okay. I do too, Mark. That's right, but uh, we don't have any. It's too hot. The ladies have stopped putting out eggs, so yeah, everything's cooled off. Well, that's good. That's okay. great to get to know you a bit more, uh, Melissa. So, um, is it time wait, wait, for wait. the quiz? Wait, no, we're for, we're forgetting a very important question for Melissa, which is, what is your favorite model? <gasps> oh. oh, oh, yeah. No pressure. That's... No pressure. <laughs> well, computer computer model, just to refresh right, right, her here. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Ah, uh, that's funny. I've never thought about that way. Um, I'm very much into ensembles. Nice. I love backtracking models. So I'm definitely like a data nerd. So I pull in all the model MOS data into an Excel and like track oh, it. Oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> I never got that done, by the way, but yeah. I would Ooh. say you're probably NAM for temperatures and GFS for precip. Nice. Um, GFS girl, let's go GFS. Go GFS. Also, I think the MM5, I mean, MM5 runs through the GFS, so I appreciate that. I check that every day. Okay. Mark has a scowl on his face. I'm I'm glad it is working out for you. I'm glad that you're happy and that I want everybody to be happy. (laughs) That is, though, one of the bigger challenges of forecasting in Alaska is we don't have the model, you know, resolution. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so like or satellite our, imagery. Yeah, too. Yeah, and imagery—it's all rough up here. The Man. radar yeah. coverage is like, like in in Oregon, you talk about like the radar, you know, void zone that's over the Southern Willamette Valley. That's like the entire state of Alaska. Oh man, yeah, um, yeah. So okay, I want to I want right, to see good. what Mark has been cooking up with this quiz. Oh yeah, this will be good. Here we go, folks. So these are going to be a multiple choice. All right. Oh. We've got, uh, since Melissa's our guest, she gets to go first, and then Camilla, then Jeff. Okay, I've got one, two, three, four, five. I've got six questions here. Do we and each get to answer, or are we each answering a separate question? How how are the rules stacked here? Oh, yeah, I didn't yeah. get that far. Um, uh, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, yeah, you each get to answer. Okay. So, uh, number one, one uh, name one food that is quite popular in Alaska, according to my research. You have three choices. <laughs> Moose, mush. Like for breakfast, reindeer sausage, or Palmer poutine. <laughs> Melissa, reindeer sausage is very popular. Camilla, uh, well, I could just copy Melissa, but that would kind of be a cop out. I was gonna go with the poutine. Melissa could be wrong. She just she just moved there eight years ago. What is she? Yeah, I maybe mean, she's okay. Well, so you're gonna yeah. go for Palmer poutine? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm eliminating moose because I think people like worship the moose up there, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe not worship. That might be a strong word. I'm going to go with poutine as well. <laughs> Same latitude as Canada. So we'll mm-hmm. go with the poutine for fun. Melissa knows. Melissa knows. She won, right? Is, is that yeah, a thing? I said it's at food carts. Is that correct? Yeah, they have food carts downtown Anchorage all over. People have like their favorite hot dog stand and they all serve reindeer sausage. Wow. All right. Is it so, tasty? Is it good? Have you had it? I have not had it. It's okay. <laughs> That's totally okay. Well, can you need to go try it. 
I think we don't, we're not going to edit that out. That's going to that's the same. Yeah, it's all good. So there you go. Here, can, if if it's possible, could you send us like a frozen package of it, and we will try it live, <gasps> not live, but on the Ooh. the weather podcast. That's a great idea. I could try. Yeah, reindeer, and you know, I could. My freezer's full of salmon, halibut, rockfish. <gasps> oh. I could easily send you some of that. Yum. So is Katie's. Uh, okay, because oh we found uh, out last weekend point. that Katie yeah. gets free salmon every It's a point of contention. Oh. Yeah. yeah, we could yeah. do a taste test of Oregon salmon versus Alaskan salmon. Oh. That's, um, Mark, by the way, maybe uh-huh. um, the Alaskan should not answer first next time. Yeah, I was going to say that. Same okay, you're thing. right. Good move. Good move. Um, I kind of ruined that one, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. A little bit. All right, yeah. Question two. What time is it? Oh, three twenty. Question two. Coldest temperature. Give me the coldest temperature ever observed in Alaska. No, never mind. I'm sorry. I screwed this up. The coldest temperature ever observed in Alaska is minus 80 in late January 1971. But where? Camilla, where did it hit minus 80? Was it in Fairbanks? I'm not going to do right. Utkivik, formerly Barrow, Prospect Creek, or North Pole? I'm going to go with Barrow. Yeah, that's what I was going to okay. go with, too. I'm going to go with Barrow. Melissa? I believe the correct answer is Prospect Creek. Nice. Two points for <sighs> Melissa, zero Dang for Camilla it. and Jeff. Oh, man. Nice. Nice. Yeah, right. Prospect Creek was uh, minus 80. Wait, I need to look that up on a map. Where is that? Somewhere in the middle north. of the state, I'm guessing. Up she north, said up yeah. north. Good Prospect guess. <laughs> it's, it's probably not on the coast because, you know, the interior would be colder. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. Kind of foot Jeff, hill, you can do this hills. one first. All right. Uh, yeah. Redemption. What's the hottest temperature ever observed in Alaska? Now, to give you a little extra, I'll have some help here. It happened in Fort Yukon in 1915. Okay. Super um, helpful. Yeah. Was it 100 or 102 or 106? Hottest temperature in Alaska. Jeff, go. 102. Okay. Camilla? I'll go 106. Melissa? Oof. I know the hottest Frank Ridge is 90. But uh-huh. I'm going to say, I think it's 100. Sweet. Yes. Oh, no. Sweet for Melissa. No. For Camilla. You are becoming an Alaskan native. Look at oh, that. Or at least, a, yeah. Right before right. our eyes. Oh, okay. man. All right. Question four. Almost 50% of Alaskans use this item regularly in the summer months. Camilla no. has to answer first. Yeah. Okay. Is it? blackout curtains is it hiking poles or is it mosquito spray 50 percent of alaskans use this item <laughs> that's such a good <laughs> okay i'm gonna go blackout curtains okay jeff uh mosquito spray for 500 <laughs> okay Melissa. the real answer is a hundred percent of alaskans use a hundred percent of those things all the time right <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say all the above, but if I had to pick one. You have to pick one, I, 50%. Oh, man. I would say blackout curtains. Yes. Oh, nice. Four points. Oh, wait. Oh. Four points for Melissa and one for Camilla. And I pulled ahead. The only thing that matters Jeff. is that I beat Jeff. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Oh. Okay. Two more to go here, folks. Tension yeah. is up. Jeff, can Jeff actually get on the board? We will see. <laughs> Highest atmospheric pressure ever observed in Alaska. <gasps> Was it 1,080 millibars in 1989? Was it, I'm sorry, was it 1,080 in January of 1989? Was it 1,084 in June of 1975? Or was it 1,068 millibars in February of 1986? 
So we'll who is next? Uh, it's Jeff. Yeah, Jeff for this one. <laughs> There's a clue we'll in one of those, actually. Uh, I didn't pay attention to the clue, so uh, I can get I can read him quick one more time. One more time, 1080, yeah. Thousand eighty in January of nineteen eighty nine. Was it a thousand eighty four in June of nineteen seventy five, or was it a thousand sixty eight in February of eighty six? I'll go with C. February of eighty six. Okay. Um, Camilla. Camilla. What was that first one? Thousand eighty. Thousand eighty January in nineteen eighty nine. I'll go that one. Melissa, I'm going to throw Melissa off on this one. This is also yeah, the USA record high pressure, too. We just set a record low pressure last year. Mm-hmm. But, not but that doesn't get you any points in this one. <laughs> We're proud of you for that um, fact, Melissa, but you don't get points for that one. B, the June. Nope. So Camilla <sighs> is the winner. Oh, hey! Wow. It was a massive cold wave. I was just a kid in college, and uh, 1,080 millibars came down Pacific Northwest, one of our greatest heat waves ever, or cold waves ever. Uh, so Camilla gets a point. Melissa, nice. nope, no point. Uh, and Jeff, yeah, I'm just, still not quite on the table. Yeah, this is not yeah. good. This is your last chance here, folks. So, and we, you alluded to this earlier with earthquakes. So, um, the Good Friday or Great Alaska earthquake, two different names, in late March 1964, is rated what magnitude? Uh, oh, that was it. What magnitude? And we'll talk about the effects on Oregon, too. But what magnitude was it? Um, and this is uh, Camilla. You got to give us some answers. Good, Good Friday earthquake. Second largest ever on the planet. Is this a Isn't straight this, guess to the magnitude? This, yeah. Is this a multiple choice? No. Oh, wow. Have wow. fun. Second largest on recorded uh, on the planet. Good luck. Oh, no. Glad I'm going second. You know, okay. I got a show in 34 minutes. Seven, uh, okay, 7.2. All right. Okay, so we'll go, we'll, go, we'll go closest, or is it closest without going over? Is this like the price is right? No, it Mag- would just be closest. Magnitude okay. 7.8. Melissa? 9.2. <gasps> yes! That's a, that is such a bigger, that is such a big earthquake. Oh. That was the set. That was second biggest. Wasn't Chile yeah, the, the largest? Nineteen sixty. Yeah, just two years before. Whoa. Yeah, nine point two. Um, it killed about a hundred people in Alaska by tsunami, which was interesting. The tsunami. Most of the deaths from tsunami were not from the actual, like the uplifting of the ocean. It was landslides under the ocean that caused the. I mean, same effect, right? Um, and yeah. then on the Oregon coast, four people died. I remember this one. There were four. There was a family of maybe during spring break camping on the beach or very close to the beach. At Beverly Beach, and the parents, they had like a log shelter, four kids. All four kids were washed away. The parents survived. Oh, my god! Wait, I'm sorry. Did it say one of the kids? No, they only found one of the kids, I think. But they all died. So that was, that had, uh, you can see, you can find pictures online from Seaside from that tsunami. My my mother remembers they were sitting in church. It was like Good Friday. And she remembers they were sitting in church and the big, like the, the lights that hang really low in the big kind of cathedral thing they were swinging and everybody's looking around like why are the lights swinging it was a yeah. huge earthquake wow yeah. so on a brighter note melissa you five you win five points camilla two and jeff <laughs> so glad but we love you jeff <laughs> yeah melissa you are becoming an alaskan very quickly oh, here it looks yeah. like cool good job 
Good job. Good quiz, Interesting Mark. place. I mean, yeah. Alaska is just such a fascinating place. Unlike, you know, Hawaii is kind of that warm, tropical, exotic place. You think of Alaska as kind of an exotic, cold place. Kind of like yeah. Iceland. It's our own little Iceland, right? Yeah. You all need to come up here. Check oh, it out. It looks sounds so cool. stunning. Around. Yeah, it looks amazing up there. We can come and do by- some fill-in weather. We're the same company, so we could just, you know, ship right up there for a week and do some weather, give you a break. I think so. We could use the help. Yeah. <laughs> <Not> we all. <laughs> Yeah, we can just trade places for a week. Perfect. That would be fun. I'd do that one week. Fun. What was that show where they did that? Was it what was it like? Like trading wives or something? Do you know what I'm talking about? That's a little bit different. Wife swap. Thank you. It was wife swap. Jeff, you never watched wife swap. What? Oh, is that like Melrose Place? No, that's different. (laughs) No, it was good. Like they traded families for like a week or something, and they had to like figure it out. It was we great. should do that. I think we should, we should do, do that. Wife yeah. swap. So when Camilla's not Weather running swap. running 20 miles a day, she's watching Wife Swap, folks. That's <laughs> I'm not wa- – I just know of it. It's called <laughs> pop culture awareness. It's really good. It's really That's good, true. guys. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, fun quiz. Good yeah. Time, folks. And uh, I think we are running out of time. We had a few more plans for the podcast, but that's how things go on this podcast. We just start chatting it away and um, – no. Mark, it's up to you though. You you uh, you've got the you show got coming up. You got a couple up. more minutes. You can. I'll give you two or three more minutes. There we go. Oh boy, okay. I'm ready to go. I, I can mail this in. It's just. I mean, it's just sunshine this weekend. Jeez, hope the bosses aren't listening. Yeah, I'm sure they'll appreciate that one. Yeah, I'm um, fine. So we're we're starting a, a weather term of the week this week. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Um, and uh, the the weather term of the week this week, and by the way, if somebody, maybe Camilla, because you probably have the best computing power, I don't want to crash this uh, podcast here, pull up the actual definition of an inversion. That's our weather term of the week is a an inversion, also known as a temperature inversion. Um, and uh, Mark, Mark goes... For full disclosure, Camilla loves inversions. So that was love. <laughs> well, why do you love inversions? I, I want to know why they're, you love inversions. They're just so cool. I don't know. It's just they are so cool. interesting. Yeah. Fact. They are usually pretty cool weather wise. Yeah. Um, Literally. Yeah. Um, right. So you want me to read the official definition? Yeah. yeah. Please do. Okay, a temp- this is from the National Weather Service Glossary. Oh. A temperature inversion is a layer in the atmosphere in which air temperature increases with height, right? Because mm-hmm. usually it decreases with height. Right. So, yeah. right. so if you think about driving up a mountain, let's just give you Mount Hood, for instance, on a typical day. You drive up the mountain, let's just say a winter day. How about that? In the middle of the afternoon. Um, it's, a, you know, we have clear clear roads down in the valley. You drive up, you're all of a sudden reaching the snow line and the temperature is falling. You're looking at the thermometer in your car. So in a typical atmosphere, the temperature falls as you increase with height or increase with altitude or elevation. But in an inversion setting, you see the opposite effect um, where you see the temperature cooler in the lower levels and warmer in the upper levels. There are certain scenarios where this happens. Um, I can think of winter time in the Willamette Valley, for instance, when uh, we have that fog, the low clouds settling in, mm-hmm. what happens is the cold air is more dense and it sinks down during the nighttime into the lowest levels of the atmosphere or our valleys. And uh, it creates that colder layer down below and then warmer up above. Um, 
and it can trap pollutants. It can actually create really poor air quality at, in, at times. I don't know how many inversions you see up in Alaska, Melissa. Um, locally, do you see any in yeah. Anchorage? Oh, yeah. And because we have mountains, you know, naturally we get those cold air inversions, but um, nothing like being in Eugene and Corvallis. I mean, that's where <laughs> you'd see it like forecasting there. You hate uh, inversions. <laughs> a week of gray. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And terrible you stuff. Explain, like, if you just go up the mountain, it's crystal clear, I promise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it, we do have inversions. We think of them typically around here as wintertime events, right? Because, you know, we have uh, cool air gets stuck in the valleys. The sunshine can't warm the surface. Sun is too weak. But we do actually get inversions every summer morning. We're in every summer night. We're in an inversion typically because we have uh, we just had that yesterday morning with that smoke that came in from Longview. You know, it was in the exactly. what, 60s, 60s lower elevations. My guess is it was probably 70, a few thousand feet up. That's an inversion. It should normally drop, like you said, about maybe three and a half degrees in, in a perfectly mixed atmosphere. It drops about, what, three and a half degrees every thousand feet. Every thousand, yeah. Yeah. So if anybody caught the time lapse that I posted of or even saw the fire that broke out at the abandoned Kmart in northeast Portland, yeah. big plume of smoke yeah. went up. And then it just flattened out all of a right. sudden. Actually, I will say there was a moment where it penetrated through that inversion. So it was so hot that it worked its way up. But anywho, most of it just flattened out because that air rose up and then it hit that uh, the top of the inversion, essentially. Yeah, it was a great time lapse. We used it, Jeff. Yeah, we did. Thanks for setting it up for us. Well, I know it wasn't for us, but we thank you for not like deleting it. If you were really, you were really a mean person, you would you would use it put it on social media, then delete it. So we couldn't, <laughs> Oh, I don't think you would do Jeff that. Jeff would never. No. I've no. heard of weird coworkers that'll do that sort of stuff. You know, you yeah. go to weather conferences, you hear some weird stories, but uh, we yeah, appreciate but... it when you leave us all that content, Jeff. That's great. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, and one more uh, scenario I can just think of off the top of my head with an inversion is oftentimes during a severe weather scenario in the central United States, like the, the plains, um, they have mm -hmm. something called the cap where you'll have warm air rising but then it'll hit a point in the atmosphere. They call it the cap where the air stops rising because it's unstable. It's unstable. And then it hits a warm, or let me think about this, a yeah, warmer layer up above. Warmer, yeah. Yeah, warmer yeah. layer up above it. Yeah. Um, and then eventually if it does break through the cap, then it hits an area that is super unstable. And that creates those massive cumulonimbus clouds and eventually maybe supercell thunderstorms. Um, so... There are a lot of scenarios where we can see inversions. Uh, Jeff, you got so excited, you just knocked like, your microphone off. I know, I know, I know. I got, a, I, I got very excited there. I um, love your enthusiasm. That's okay. We like that. So anyways, uh, thanks for joining us, by the way, Melissa. It was great to have you on. It yep. would be fun to kind of circle back, especially when, you know, things get a little bit more active up there in Anchorage and we can kind of get, you know, some feedback on what's happening in your life and how things are playing out locally up there. Um, Guys, did you want to add anything else before we, we head out here? No? I just want to thank Melissa. And it would be fun when it's really cold in the winter. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you could pop on, tell us what it feels like. Tell how cold it is. Thank you so much for having me. Fun. It feels like home, a little taste of home. Mm -hmm. um, and fun to share the uniqueness of Alaska, of course. Thanks. Yeah, that was oh, so yeah. great. We appreciate uh, just getting a different perspective and a different voice on here is really cool. Send us some of that heat, please. <laughs> just a little. Yeah. Just a little. We'll, we'll try our best. Well, and thanks to everybody else for joining us for episode 61 of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. We'll be back next week uh, to talk about, well, what else is going on with the weather. Until then, we'll see you soon. Please tell us. Please tell us.